Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So this story comes from the 70s, where my grandfather dropped my grandmother, mum and her two sisters off to do some shopping on his way to work. Since he wasn't able to pick them up, they hitchhiked home. My mum at the time was only around maybe 10 or 11, my middle sister would have been 7 or 8 or so, and the youngest was about maybe a year old. But they get picked up by a guy in a pickup truck, who has them all sit in the back row with one of them holding the baby. My grandmother was giving directions to their home from the highway, but the guy ignored her and went by their exit claiming that he had to make a stop first. He didn't really say much else after that to them during the drive as well. My mum remembers my grandmother being very quiet and very nervous. But eventually they came up to a farm and the driver tells them to wait in the car and goes inside the house. While he's gone, they just sort of sit there terrified. I mean, they're in the middle of nowhere and know that they couldn't make it out on foot. A few minutes later, the driver comes out with a second guy who looks into the truck, sees my mum's youngest sister, and he immediately starts flipping out, screaming at the driver that he shouldn't have brought the baby back, they aren't going to do anything with her, and some other things that I can't remember, and ends up telling him to get them away from the farm. The driver gets back into the truck, apologizes, and they get back on the highway and drive again in silence. My grandmother, normally a very smart woman, had him drive directly to their house of all things. Although, I suspect her reasoning was that she'd already given him the address before anything seemed off. But thankfully, they lived at that house for several years and, luckily enough, never saw either of them 
a second time. So my name is Charles and I'm an assistant manager at a sub shop, but back when I was just a shift manager, we had this employee named John. John was only working for us for about a month when he called us in to pick him up from his roommate's house because of some problems that they had. We took him to our place and had a couple of drinks with us and we ended up sort of cheering him up. He was always quiet about his social life though, but he would talk to other people on Tinder and meet up with a date or would go to a store that he liked shopping at that was across the street from us. He stays with us for about maybe two weeks and he tells us that he planned to hang out with a friend. My fiancé gives him a big hug since they became really good friends. He leaves our place and just doesn't really come back for a couple of days. We get worried and try to get into contact with him but somehow we just couldn't find his profile or any social media platform and whenever we called his line was disconnected. Honestly it was almost like he just disappeared. He left all of his personal belongings behind too, along with his clothes. This was just a very out of character of John to do, so we were trying to figure out what happened and hope that he would still be with his friend, but we eventually just accepted that maybe he just left with no warning. Anyway, a couple of days go by and I'm at work in the middle of my shift and I see this really, really tall middle-aged man walk into the store to get a sub and as I began to ring him out, he kind of just stares at me. I look back and I ask if I knew him and weirdly he asks about John and this really creepy vibe just radiates from this guy and I asked him what kind of affiliation did he have with John and he just looked at me again and said he was a good worker. Then he walked out and I never saw him again. But then we got a call on the store phone which so happened to be his grandmother who apparently had filed a missing persons report because she was someone that he spoke to every day and ever since then there has been no trace of him. Something tells me that the guy had something to do with it but something also told me to stop asking questions. He gave me a huge chill down my spine. I don't know where John is. We haven't heard from him since. Neither is his grandmother and it's been a long time now. But wherever he is, I really hope that he's okay. So I should clarify before I begin that we're no longer friends. It all started when we met in primary school year 4. I had just joined a new school and was assigned a person to stay with me and introduce me to other people. Her name was Jay. She seemed nice enough. Her mother was in the PTA and a very kind woman, but Jay was always just really odd. She would look at me like I ruined her life or something, always staring with her hand behind her back. Anyway... Skip forward to when we were at secondary school, Jay and I were at her house, her parents had gone out for the night, we were baking brownies when I turned around to get a baking tray or something and the moment that I grabbed it and turned back to her, I saw her slip something into them. I sort of brushed it off and decided that my eyes were playing tricks on me. 
Later that night when the brownies were done and we had them out on the plate ready to eat, I heard a knock at the door. I got up to open it but froze when I reached the door because I heard Jay get up and walk out of the room yelling bathroom. She went like five minutes ago though. I remember what I got up to do when I heard another knock at the door followed by a female voice yelling help. I ran to open it but I got a really bad feeling so decided to put the chain on it first but when I did there was nobody out there. I felt weirded out and really scared so I put a movie on and waited for Jay to come back. After calling my mother to tell her what had happened she told me that she was going to pick me up soon. I realized that I had forgotten about the brownies so to calm my nerves I took a bite. Food always helps right? And all I remember after that is waking up in a hospital and never seeing Jay ever again. In fact, nobody's seen Jay for like four or five years, including her own parents. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So thankfully, uh, I can talk about this now as I'm no longer with the company that I once was. I just didn't want my boss or colleagues to think that I was a, a crackpot. Anyway, here goes. So, in 2018, I was working for a company installing video conferencing solutions, and one particular job took me to a mental health facility in Brisbane, Australia, called Walton Park Hospital. Originally, it was called the Woogaroo Lunatic Asylum. It's a large part of a precinct with multiple buildings, many dating from maybe like the 1865s and has quite a sinister history with the reports of intolerable living conditions, uh, terrible assault and abuse and mass burials even. The main hospital now lies derelict and is frequented by adventure seekers. However, my job on this day was based in one of the smaller wards. It was called the Bostock House. It was built in 1885 and I don't think this building has housed patients for quite some time and it still seems to have the original structure and layout of like a 19th century psychiatric ward with rooms that are more like prison cells. The ground floor has one main open area, possibly a, a day lounge area in its time maybe, which features a large boardroom table that is used by local community groups for meetings and such. But this is where I was to install the video conferencing system. 
There is another large fully enclosed room directly behind this space, maybe about 15 meters or 50 feet down a hallway, and the rest from memory is pretty much just hallways with cells. When I arrived, I was met by the customer, an elderly gentleman who remained in the room with me the whole time while I set up the hardware. There was nobody else in this building, that much I was aware of. And after finishing the installation, I needed to test the equipment, so I took my laptop into the other room, sat at one of the desks, there were a few in there, and connected a two-way video session to the main conference room equipment. The customer and I had like a five-minute call, which all went well. With the door closed in this room, you could not hear anything coming from outside, so it was a good test scenario. I wanted to swap places with the customer and have him come into the room to experience the video and audio from my laptop as well. So I left the live meeting connected and went out to the conference room to suggest this. When I got there we first had a brief conversation and during this time we both noticed some strange noises coming through the feed from my unattended laptop back in the other room. It sort of sounded a bit like a maybe rustling of pages some chair scrapes I think and very clearly a man coughing but as I couldn't really see anyone on the video feed I assumed someone had entered the room and was out of camera view. Think large room small laptop camera. The more obvious possibility of someone remotely joining the meeting was basically impossible though due to the custom security protocols that I use. It was at this point though that the customer asked if I had brought someone with me that he didn't know about, and of course I said no. I also said that I thought that maybe there was another staff member in the building, but then he said that, not that he knew of, and we sort of both just looked at each other for a second in bewilderment. I proceeded back to the room, expecting it to now be occupied, but... When I did, there was no one there. I again spoke to the customer on the video and it all seemed normal. The noises had stopped. I again went back out to the conference room and we stood in silence for about 30 seconds. And then the noises started up again. This time, I ran back to the room and again, it was completely unoccupied and the noises had stopped. At this stage, I felt the customer was getting a bit uncomfortable with the situation and I was also getting a bit freaked out, but as I had to maintain a professional manner, I decided not to make a big deal about it. I closed my laptop and joined him back in the main room and just as I was about to make a funny quip and say my goodbyes, the building's fire alarms went off. We both visibly jumped but settled immediately to deal with the situation we went to the alarm control box, but there was nothing that we could do to stop it. I stayed with him while he called the facility services, and within around 10 minutes, a tech guy came out and stopped it. The three of us stood for a few minutes talking about how the tech couldn't remember it ever going off before in the years that he'd been there, apart from tests that is, and then lo and behold, it goes off again. At this point, I felt I didn't need to be there and so I left quite briskly. Before I end this though, just to answer a few points of clarification, there is no possibility that another party had joined the meeting. It was a secure two-way connection and someone would have needed a very specific code that only I knew to have joined it. 
I checked my laptop to make sure no other media was playing in the background. It was a, a fine, calm day, not windy at all. It seemed pretty clear to me that there was nobody else in the building, but I admit that I can't be 100% certain, I guess. But even if there was, I, I really just don't see how they could have exited the room quickly enough to avoid my detection, especially that second time when I ran into the room. Also, I do have a background in science, and to be honest, I would prefer to find a logical, worldly-based explanation for this, but this one... It honestly just has me stumped. I acknowledge that there's a lot that we just don't understand about the universe yet, and after this experience, I must admit that I now have a, a somewhat more open mind. For the past four or five weeks, mainly when autumn started taking hold, my son, a 13-year-old boy, a good honest honor roll all-American Boy Scout type has been growing increasingly nervous at night around our home. We live on a lane street off a busy street where there are several businesses, gas stations and restaurants, so it's definitely not a remote place at all. However, at the end of the lane, it dead ends to a sort of little turnaround loop and comes back to meet the lane again. At that loop, there's a little patch of woods and... He's claimed to have seen a tall silhouette at the top of the hill in the wooded area watch him if he goes near there. Now, this only happens at dusk and he claims that when he sees the figure it remains still but then like vanishes into the ground. He described it as sort of melting away as if it were sinking into a puddle of lava but it sinks quickly. He also believes that it waits for him to see it before it melts away to make sure that he knows that it's still there. So, that's his experience, and here's why I'm actually inclined to believe him. So, flashback to September of this year, September 13th to be exact. I remember the date, and probably will for the rest of my life, as it was the day my ex-wife miscarried our fifth child. It was in 2011, and it goes without saying that it was a very difficult time for me. It bothers me to this day at times, so... On that night, I was outside of my porch smoking a cigarette around 2 or 3 a.m., talking on the phone with my new wife while she was on her lunch break. After the phone ended, I flicked my smoke and turned to open the door when I heard a voice call out. It was a child, preteen sounding, maybe 9 to 10 years old, and it kept calling out for daddy. I turned around and looked towards the woods thinking it carried over from the next street past the woods and listened again for it. And sure enough, it called out again for daddy. But it was beyond a doubt coming from the woods of all places. I turned the flashlight on on my phone and walked over to the edge and shined my light around. And when I got close to the opening of the tree line, a huge buck came barreling out of the darkness right past me, like a scoring-sized deer, 10 or 12 points at least. It was dark, and maybe I'm overestimating it, but man, it was huge, I know that much. And it had zero reason being in the middle of a crowded set of neighborhoods like that. I'd never seen it before, and I haven't seen it after that as well. I haven't heard the voices either, but now my son seems to be seeing that tall shadow. 
I don't know if what I heard and saw with that deer was the same thing my boy is seeing now, but he just isn't the kind of kid to lie about something like this. I mean, my son's mental health is fine. He doesn't experience schizophrenia or anything remotely close to that. It is a certain area and a certain time of the day that he's claimed to see what he sees as well. I'm certain that I can tell the difference between an animal sound and a human voice, regardless of setting, time, day, or mental state. What I heard was not a trick of the mind either. It was either a human being I could not locate or something mimicking a human being perfectly. I'm fully aware that deer can pass through urban areas and I've seen it myself many times. Mostly doe and never a large buck like this, but yeah, I know that it can happen. I've never seen a deer in town though. I've lived in this house for three years and I haven't seen any deer in the neighborhood prior to this. I also understand that certain things may lead them to change their movements and bedding and mating patterns and stuff. That very well may be the case for the buck part of the equation, but... Still, the whole thing was weird. I'll also be trying to mount a trail cam if I'm allowed to. I have to get permission from the groundskeeper as I think it's technically school property or something. If I get anything, then I'll be sure to share the pictures with you guys. But for now, this is all I've got. We had a Halloween party this year and it ran pretty late and the last few people were leaving around like 3am. I was chilling out front and a dude that nobody knew was sweeping up the cans and cigarettes everyone left outside. We live in the city though so it isn't that uncommon. He wasn't homeless, at least I don't think he was, but he was clearly down on his luck and looking for tips. Unfortunately, I didn't have any cash, but my roommate Mike ran inside to grab change for him. It ended up only being literal change, but I hung out and offered him a cigarette and chatted with him. He told me that he was pretty much on his last chance. It's hard to get a job on parole. He's just doing whatever he can. He told me that not long ago, someone working at a pizza shop said that he could sweep their sidewalk, and all they gave him was a quarter and a soda for his efforts. A quarter and a soda. Now, everyone else was gone and it was just me and sidewalk dude, so I go up to bed. I'm still pretty hyped from the party, so I'm just laying in bed on my phone for a while. And I would guess about 30 minutes later, I hear a voice. But it's coming from inside my house, downstairs. The voice said, Mike, you got the soda? I went downstairs immediately and saw that the door from our kitchen to our mudroom was closed. But there's a door from the mudroom to outside. No one ever closes the mudroom door. It is never closed. So I went upstairs to get back up, walked to the mudroom door and said that I was going to open it and that they can just leave. Eventually I got the courage up to open it and when I did, no one was there. But the door to the outside was open. I closed it, locked it, went to the front door and made sure that it was locked too. When I jiggled the doorknob, I heard sidewalk guy say, Still here, just sitting outside. I don't know what would have happened had I not heard him, but the reason this freaked me out so bad was that he said, Mike, you got the soda. 
after telling me a story about a, a terrible person asking him to sweep and giving him a quarter and a soda and that was it. And this when Mike had also just given him change. And also because it was very clear that somehow he had gotten into my house. So I'm home alone and my mum's out visiting family and picking up some stuff. I'm chilling, playing Animal Crossing with my dog Ty, sort of laying on my bed keeping me company. When Ty suddenly bolts up, heckles raised and growls, which is rare for him to do, he's only ever done this once. It was at this point though that I sort of focused my hearing and I heard someone downstairs say hello and me being stupid I shouted back. I went downstairs to see two guys outside looking in through the window so I went and opened the door to see what they wanted since I was expecting a parcel and I thought it was them but they immediately started with hi we have a warrant for the electricity meter and it immediately felt off. You don't get a warrant to check an electrical meter, right? So I did the only thing that I could think of. I told them that I was underage and home alone, with Ty watching them through the window. I said that I would call my mum, shut the door, and I tried to lock it. But I couldn't. The key wouldn't turn. So I instantly called my mum, I explained what was going on and I barricaded the door as best as I could so that nobody could move the handle down. After a few minutes I managed to turn the key and finally locked the door. I went upstairs to check the cameras and lo and behold it showed three men standing outside the door occasionally looking at the cameras and trying to stay hidden. At one point you can see two of them enter the house as well then run out and quietly shut the door. This was the same time that Ty went running down the stairs. As I kept watching the playback, I saw the van door open and shut, so I think that there were at least four people. I have no idea who these men were, mind you, or how they even unlocked the door, and I'm never going to open the door without a weapon nearby ever again. But three hours later, Mum comes back and watched the footage back, and they brought a dog bar. The ones that the stray catchers use with the long bar and snare bit on the end... She suspects that they picked the lock on the front door so that I couldn't lock it. Thankfully, I watched a lot of movies and tutorials on how to barricade a door so they couldn't get in. She found the number on the van to call, so she called them. And the next day, after Mum called the company number on the van and ripped them a new one, apparently I was still asleep when she called. She thinks that they were here to install a pay-as-you-go meter for the electricity, but nothing's been touched or moved. Ty stayed in my room with me last night and helped me to get some sleep. They haven't come back yet, but I will be carrying my knife on me whenever I take Ty out for a walk and will be checking the cameras when I'm on my own regularly. If I get any more info about what happened or if there's any updates, I'll let you know, but unfortunately, that's it for now and I feel really uncomfortable. For context, this uh, haunting, I, I guess I'll call it, happened from about 6 to 10 years old or so. I lived in a relatively new home in a small neighborhood in western Massachusetts. 
I had a loving family and apart from what I'll talk about here, I had a very normal childhood. So I'll start by saying that I really don't remember too much from my early childhood, but these experiences stand vividly in my mind as if they happened yesterday. It started off when I was about six with just terrifyingly vivid reoccurring nightmares. Nightmares that honestly seem out of place for a young kid who was never allowed to be exposed to violence or horror content of any kind. One common one, though, included me trying to desperately jump up onto my bed while a large snake slowly approached me from my hallway. I would feel pure and unadulterated terror as it kept getting closer and eventually struck me to which I would wake up in a sweat. One of the worst ones, though, is where me and my father would be standing in front of a hallway that branched off to the left and led into my parents' room. Five or ten humanoid-like figures would bound out of the darkness of the hallway and proceed to eat both me and my father alive. I could hear him screaming as they reached him and when they eventually reached me, I would wake up tingling where the humanoids had first bit down onto me. Keep in mind, I was very young when these dreams began, but they persisted for like at least the next four years. Now, Dreams alone are not enough for me to get on here for the first time and pour out my childhood trauma to strangers. I remember though that I began to feel like, I don't know, I was being watched in my room at night or something. It seemed like the darkness in my room became oppressive and I would be filled with pure dread and terror. Although I didn't know what it was, it felt as if something was about to happen like every molecule in that room had stopped moving at once. And this is when I first saw him. My bed was situated where my head was against a wall and the foot of my bed pointed towards a window. To my right was the door leading into my room on the same wall my head was against. And just to the left of that was a door on the adjacent wall leading into a, a Jack and Jill bathroom that I shared with my sister. There was just enough light on from the window though that... I could see the outline of a, a tall black figure with the outline of a top hat sitting on its head. I don't fully remember what his face looked like as this was like at least 10 years ago but I do remember seeing some sort of like liquid reflecting light where his face should have been. In any case though I quickly ripped the covers over my head and sat there frozen with terror unable to move. This went on too for many many months every time that sense of dread filled me I, I knew that he was there but would not dare to look for fear that he would attack me or something there were a few times too that I was so convinced I was not going to make it I screamed for my parents and they always came running to find well nothing my dad would always tell me who's the scariest thing in this house to which I would lie and tell him that it was of course my strong gusto father he always assured me nothing would happen to me while he was there, but I knew that if this thing wanted to do me harm, there was nothing that he could do. Up to this point, by about eight years old, the nightmares had become more graphic and appearances more frequent, always filling up that doorway, just standing and watching. Thankfully, up to this point, I'd never been physically touched or attacked by it. That was until one night when I was bunkered down beneath my sheets and that familiar feeling of dread washed over me. 
I froze in my bed with the same feeling of anticipation, only this time, something would finally happen. There was a, a scraping noise at first that I could tell came from the bathroom and suddenly my leg was grabbed through the covers. I freaked out, bawling crying and beeline to my parents' room where I stayed for the night. I was never touched again but he was there most nights after that until well, we moved states when I was about 10. Now, of course, I tried to explain what was happening to me, but it was always brushed off and I eventually just stopped talking about it as no one believed me anyway and I did not want to scare my little sister any more than I already had. But fast forward to two years ago when I was 18, I was sifting through old storage boxes filled with my old school drawings and notebooks my parents had kept. I was flipping through a school notebook filled with grammar practice and such when my heart instantly sank because there on my school notebook was a drawing of the top hat man. I practically shoved it down my parents throats while shouting see I told you it was him. My parents went pale and profusely apologized for not believing me. They even went as far as to ask me if I needed counseling. In reality I was just relieved that I had some proof I guess and Today, I absolutely love horror as a genre, go figure. I guess maybe it's because it gives me a feeling of control that I never had as a kid. Anyway, if you've had any similar experiences, then I would love to hear about them if you would be happy to share them with me. I still obviously think about all this stuff from time to time, but thankfully for me, it seems to be over now. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>